Hello and welcome to another episode of the Move Podcast, where we're uh, having church leadership conversations with Hugh Osgood. Hi everyone. How you doing, Hugh? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, very good. It's very hot today. Just... Yes, yeah, a lot hotter than it has been. Yeah, it's good. And I've had to close all the windows and the fan, turn the fan off for this podcast and... Uh, no, You're I'm really suffering there, aren't you? I'm You're really, really suffering. suffering. It's really, I really would like pity right now. Well, you everyone. can have some, but you know, we're right. suffering separately, so I don't really know what you're going through. I'm in a different exactly. place. <laughs> exactly. It's it's sweltering. Wow. No, it's not too bad. Anyway, um, moving swiftly on, we're, we're carrying on the, uh, the the series on on where we're answering some of the questions that people brought up, uh, and it's no surprise that this kind of topics come up, uh, giving. Um, given your role as the Free Churches Moderator and President of Churches Together in England, because um, it's all about church unity. Um, do you know anything about church unity, Hugh? Sometimes I think I know nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to be. Um, yeah, uh, church unity is it's a weird thing, because obviously you've got... I mean, I've, I've met so many people who are like, I don't get why, you know, there's so many de- denominations, why can't we just have one church? Um, certainly been think like thoughts that I've had before. Um, let's may as well revisit it. Ch- uh, Hugh, why do we have so many denominations? And I don't want the history lesson. I, I want no, no. more like a like why. Well, we've got an endlessly creative God. I mean, when he made a plant, he didn't just make one. He made all sorts of varieties. So, you know, it's like that it with his church. Would have made gardening church. a lot simpler though. <laughs> I'll put it here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it be boring? I think it would be boring. I think I think it's amazing what God has done, that he's he's created a church that almost every time there's a fresh expression of the church that springs up, even going back to the beginning, you look at the church in Antioch, it was totally different from the church in Jerusalem. You look at the seven churches in the Aegean region, they were all totally different from one another. Mm. And uh, I think that's great. I just think that's the way that, that God is. But you know, there is one church. We've just got many, many different ways of expressing it. And, you know, the thing is really that we're meant to be known as his disciples because we love one another. And yeah. um, loving the loving people that are different is 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 good fun. And uh, and that's what we should be doing. And, and theoretically, that sounds beautiful and perfect and lovely. Um, but, you know, it just takes one look, for instance, you know, in, in Ireland, um, and you know, the, the difficulties there, it's meant to be one church, but of course, history tells us another story. We look at the, even, you know, the, the battle between Catholic and Protestant. I mean, the, the physical battle that, that's been going on. Um, and you want me to answer that without giving you a church history lesson? Wow. No, that's and it's, it's, it's more that it's that, you know, we, we clearly can all see in our Bibles that we are called to love one another. And I think, there's there's just a difficulty in it you know uh, and yeah sure that the idea of yes we're all part of a, a an endlessly creative god's masterpiece is is amazing but actually living that out why why do we find that so difficult well because in some ways you know we're looking at the endless creativity of god but we're also looking at the incredible ability of man to mess it up so if you're looking <laughs> at the seven churches in revelation I think that they were all gloriously different in many ways, and and rightly so. They were facing different circumstances. They were up against different things. And yet you can see that whilst the Lord's celebrating what they get right, 
he's also having to challenge them about what they're getting wrong. Mm. And so part of our challenge is that, yeah, over the centuries or even in recent years, I, you know, churches that have been started in the last 50 years aren't necessarily getting it all right. And one of the things that is a challenge for us is we, we get offended at the way other churches are getting it wrong. And we can look at that and we can say, I really think that church went off the rails, you know, sometimes five years ago, sometimes 500 years ago, sometimes even longer ago than that. Mm. Um, and that can cause us an offence. But the church that goes off the rails, by God's grace, can come back onto the rails. And I'm amazed that the Lord is so patient. You know, I, I, I still am incredibly surprised that Jesus was prepared to be seen amongst the seven churches in the Aegean region as they're set out in the book of Revelation, when some of them were in such a total mess. You think, surely you'd want to walk away from it. But that's our reaction. When we, when we find churches that aren't getting it right, we want to walk away from them. I'm not sure that Jesus walks away from people. Even the church in Laodicea that he said made him sick, made him want to vomit. He hadn't walked away from it. He was there telling them, come on, you can get this right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. God's got great creativity, but we've got an incredible ability to mess things up. But we should stick at it and know that if God stays with us, then we should stick by each other too and believe for change. But Okay, okay. That, that, you know, I was going to go a whole other route, but then you just went and believe for change. And that, that sentence there, I, I would say every denomination is saying as well, is going, we're just waiting for change. And really, I, I know this isn't the way you meant it, Hugh. I'm just... I'm, I'm, They're all waiting for everyone else to change. <laughs> ex exactly. Because, uh, you know, sure, uh, we can talk about, you know, moral failings and things like that, which, uh, you know, I think as a whole, the, the, the church is pr pretty good at, you know, going through. Not, not always. But when it comes to doctrinal issues, when it comes to things that these are the foundational uh, parts of our belief um, and they vary um, within church from church to church and, and that's the thing that you know because we, we go yes we are saved but you don't believe that so you're not yeah we do do that kind of thing don't we the the way it works really and the only way it can work is that you have to have a clarity in your own mind as to the things which are essential and the things that are peripheral and, you know, that that is the way that unity works in church. We determine what is essential and we say, look, this is what we agree on. And then we have to say, and these are the things that we're having to work on because we're not on the same page on these kind of things. But I think it's really important that even where we we're struggling with whole areas of disagreement, that there's still an obligation upon us to love one another. And I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. I think it just when it, when you get into the debates, it it doesn't. Oh, doesn't, well, it doesn't can be quite heated. Exactly, it doesn't well, suddenly look like love to everyone I, else. Well, even you and I sometimes are sort of going at each other, and you're thinking, "Well, hold on a minute." Yeah, but, true. So that's, that's, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that, but that's your fault, not mine. Oh wow! There you go. I'm just yeah, waiting no, for change. His, I'm just yeah, waiting well, so for change. <laughs> no, but that I was saying that to illustrate yeah, the no, thing that really that's the way it goes. Yeah, uh, but, but like. Okay, so so some central issues. I, I guess we, we. I've always heard it said that the the central issue, uh, or the central um, tenet of belief is uh, that Jesus came, that he lived a sinless life, that he died and rose again, 
and ascended into heaven. Like, if you believe that, and I guess you'd have to believe died for your sins. I've heard if you believe that, you are saved. Uh, like three little points. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a challenge with that because I'm not sure that being saved is about ascribing to a correct doctrinal position. I think being saved is about repenting and trusting in Jesus, um, which is a little bit different from actually being able to give a theological definition of who Jesus is and why he came. I think repent and believe the gospel is knowing that Jesus died for your sins. It means putting your trust in him. It's not just an intellectual acknowledgement. That, that's what salvation is. Now, I know some churches wouldn't even say that because I've got a sort of experiential sense of salvation that it actually changes your life, mm. whereas some people see it as ticking a box. Um, that is a fundamental point of difference between us. But, you know, if people are ticking the box on the intellectual things, well, it's a start. And, you know, my prayer is that what they believe in their heads have become a reality in their hearts. And for many people, that's exactly what does happen. So you're saying that, uh, and I don't, I don't want to go into the, the, the salvation route, but I just, it's only because I've, I've seen... I've seen surprising cases that I've been like, oh, okay. So I, I think within the church, yes, it's central to Jesus and that he died for our sins. And, and yeah, you're right, to, to repent and almost um, to accept him as our Lord and Savior. That's the kind of, that's the the, the central bit, I guess. Um, but do you have to identify who Jesus is? Because there are those who don't believe in the trinity there are those who do believe in the trinity um that he is just the son of god but he is not one with god you know it's all those things like are, are these essential things or are they you know things that we can just brush past i think the sort of things that you're listening there for me they would be essential things really and the kind of church unity i'm looking for is a unity amongst those who do honor jesus as the son of god and have a clear understanding of that kind of position. But it doesn't mean to say I give up on everyone else. I mean, you know, I had some pretty weird ideas at different times that people persisted with me when I was trying to get my head sorted out, and my heart sorted out. So I think what we're looking at here is the difference between the, the unity between Christians and the unity between churches. And I think there's a real difference on this. I think that okay, we, kn yeah. we know that we pass from death to life in that we love, we love the brethren. In other words, we love our, our Christian brothers and sisters. And I think that's an incredible, incredible sense of unity. Yeah. When it comes to church unity, yeah, we've got to sit down and we've got to work out some of these issues. What are the fundamentals? What are the basics? What are the key doctrinal points? And uh, I think that, you know, more and more I, I, I'm... I'm intrigued by this difference, you know, that in some ways Christian unity is something that we really ought to be going full full steam ahead on. Um, but church unity can be something that we have to work a bit harder on because we've got to sit down and have some really, really significant conversations to iron out some difficulties. But, you know, unity amongst us as Christians, I think, should be stronger and expressed much more strongly and enthusiastically. Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, one of the questions out. So how can uh, I guess if you're talking talking church, then uh, then I'd go for the leaders because we've got leaders and members. So how can leaders begin to break down the barriers that prevent churches from uniting and working towards the kingdom vision of salvation? I think the first thing is to stop being so defensive. Um, you know, I, I would defend what I believe, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be defensive about it. It doesn't mean that I'm on the back foot. 
I think we can give a strong defense for what we believe without being defensive. I think when Christians and church leaders are defensive, it, it tends to lead to a sort of spirit of argumentativeness that's not constructive. And yet I do think there needs to be constructive conversations. I want to hear what people believe and why they believe that. And I want them to listen to why I believe what I believe. And then we can talk it through and maybe I'll respond to some of their challenges and maybe they'll respond to some of mine. So I think that kind of thing has got to happen at, at a church unity level. Now, that can be quite difficult when you're dealing with heads of denominations. So in other words, these are the people, if you like, are the custodians of the belief within that yeah. grouping. And they're trying to make sure that they preserve that. And rightly so, because there are things there in that denomination that are uniquely given to them by God as part of God's creativity. And part of the discernment exercise is looking at that and saying, wow, that really is a gift from God to that congregation, that denomination. And then there are things that get added on, um, you know, the, the traditions that get built in. And yeah. we need to distinguish between the passions that birthed it and the traditions that have become attached to it as the years have gone by. And at, at heads of denominations level, that can be quite difficult because we've got to sit down and be prepared to say, yeah, I think God really gave you that bit, but I think you might have added this one, you know, and, and to be able to take it as well as give it when we're having those kind of conversations. You come down to the next level and probably that's the level where, yeah, well, actually within denominations, there needs a bit more unity as well, because you can have some real tensions that come up within these groups that have denominated and all that denominated means means to, to gather around something that you've named as a particular issue. So that's not a problem. I don't, I don't see denominations as a problem. I don't think we need to be forgiven our denominationalism. I think it, it's just part of, you know, the way we respond to God's creativity. He gives us something, we, we, we rally around it, we seek to defend it. But I do think that when we come down to the next level, and, uh, you know, which is basically a local level, we've talked about the heads of denominations, we've talked about within the denominations, come down to a local level and you're living in an area you're trying to witness for Jesus in your town or in your city or in your village. There are other churches there. Part of our testimony has got to be how well we relate to each other. So we don't sort of say bad things about each other behind each other's back. That actually we are keen to work on what we can together. There will be things that we can do together and other things that we find difficult to do together. And I think that's, that's something that we need to work out at a local level. But much of that will come out of relationship building. So, you know, you may be having these sort of deep, theological discussions ahead of denominational level. But when you're coming down to your local situation, it shouldn't be as heavy as that. It should be basically, how can we work on this? How can we work on that? What things can we do together? Can we run the food bank together? Can we look at doing certain activities together that are really going to speak of our commitment to one another, even though our services might be totally different? And, and that's a good thing. I mean, even in a small village, it's not a bad idea to be able to have, you can choose this one or that one. <laughs> it's, it's not a problem at all, providing there's a relationship between the two. I think what what's important is that I find that a lot of times people want to talk about the differences and not talk about what the, the, the similarities, like you know, what what they agree on. No one seems to want to talk about that, which is like, I don't know, I think that's that's a almost a, a better place to start. Yeah, it and is. And then you carry on and then you, oh, we differ on that. Okay. Yeah, I think I think really perhaps the, the, the word should be that we start with celebration rather than conversation because mm. I think there's something about, hey, this is great, you know, it's good that you're in the town, I want to work with you, 
Uh, let's celebrate, you know, the fact that we're here together and we're trying to make a difference in the area. Um, and out of that celebration, you get into the conversation and then maybe out of the conversation, you get into some of the complexities. But yeah, yeah, let's start with celebrating the fact that we, we're here to witness to Jesus and uh, we, we want to make a difference and want to do that together. Yeah, uh, although for, for me, what I almost like a, t a tester for me of if if I really believe what I'm saying is would I be happy pointing someone else to that church? Because that, that, then you're going, right, if I, because we, we shouldn't be, I don't, for me, I don't think we should be precious about like, oh no, you have to come to our denomination to be saved. That's, I think, a little bit silly. Um, but obviously there are, there are some places that I would say, well, no, that's actually a completely different belief system. Like I, I wouldn't go, I know, like, for instance, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons is based on the, on the you know, biblical narrative, but they've gone a, a very, very different way. So, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't go, if someone came was like, oh, I want to go to a church, I wouldn't go, yeah, you can go to those two. So that's almost like a very clear cut, all right, cool. So I clearly don't agree with that at all. Um, but would I be comfortable going, yeah, sure, go to this um, Roman Catholic church, go to this um uh, baptist church go to this um orthodox church however you know uh do, 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 do you know what i mean like i think for me that's the tester of going are you actually because the question is working towards the kingdom vision of salvation and we're if, if we're comfortable with a, a god that is limitlessly creative in how he does it then do we trust him enough to be you know to to put people <laughs> where, where his mouth is <laughs> yeah i know what you mean yeah I, well, well i hope we do trust him enough but i'm not sure that uh he he expects us to to just put people anywhere i think that part of what we're meant to be doing is to to have discernment we need to be thinking about where people are likely to grow um as i've said i, I god is endlessly creative but you know there are things that we've done along the way that aren't particularly constructive and I think that one of the things I really would want to make sure is that that people are in a, a community of believers where they're going to grow spiritually rather mm. than sort of uh, lose their enthusiasm or end up just becoming a mechanical Christian, whereas they could have been a sort of really dynamic living Christian. And it's it's knowing those kind of things and trying to put people in that kind of place. I, yeah, probably denomination would come further down the line for me than looking at the actual local church and thinking, how vibrant is it? Is it really working? Is it a dynamic place? Are they going to hear the gospel there? Yeah. Is someone going to preach from the Bible? Are they going to be encouraged to pray? All of those things would, would matter more to me, I think, than, than what particular denomination it was. But, yeah, I, I take your point that, uh, yeah, sometimes it's when we have to think of those kind of practical things that it sharpens our focus and makes us think, yeah, OK, well, maybe maybe we have concentric circles when it comes to unity. There are some that we feel closer to than others, but that's not a problem. That, that, that's that's relationships. That's the way life works anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, I mean, do you have any, yeah, I guess, final thoughts really about what... Um yeah, how we should be working with uh, different, you know, people, how we should be working with different denominations, um, you know, practically from an individual level. If, if we want to break down the barriers, which is in this question, um, that sounds like an active, you know, an, some, something to do rather than something just to wait and happen. What can we as individuals be doing to, to, to actively break down these barriers 
uh, well, I think between the, churches. Yeah, no, that's good. I think the first thing is let, let's think of ourselves as Christians relating to other Christians. And let's have that kind of openness, which isn't checking out their denominational pedigree before we actually build relationship with people. Mm. So I think in our communities, in our towns, people that we meet, you know, if you've got kids and you're meeting at the school gate with other people, well, then if someone knows and loves Jesus, then build a relationship with them. Celebrate yeah, awesome. that. Yeah. That, that. That's where it starts. And then, you know, when you've got that kind of thing going, you're already halfway to getting better relationships between the churches in the towns. If the members are already relating together, it, it tends to draw the church leaders together as well. But then I think there's an active place for church leaders to be thinking about, let me build relationships with other church leaders. And, and don't do it just sitting on your doctrinal platform to check them out. Be there and build relationship with them and realise that most of us can really benefit from one another and the friendships can make a difference. It's not about me being here with all the answers and you know no, no let's open ourselves and it doesn't matter about the size of the church people with big churches don't know all the answers any more than people with small churches are missing out on the answers there's a there's a coming together and and, and we should build those kind of relationships so so start christian to christian and then think uh, within the locality build make sure that within your own denominational setting that you've got good relationships i think that's really really important um, and so that you've got friends within that context and, and particularly sort of peer friendships. I think they're really important because I, I think that church isn't just the local. It's also the national and the global. And, and we need to be, be spreading out. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm really keen on that. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I think unless you have any last thoughts, Hugh. No, just tell people, get on with it. You know, this get is really important. It. Yeah, That's good. This is, this is how people will know that we're, we're the Lord's disciples if we're really loving one another. That's good. Great place to end. Um, well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope that's been encouraging. I hope that you've been able to take something from that. Uh, please do remember to uh, follow us um, and to uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast out uh, and helps us reach more people. Well, guys, we'll see you next time for another episode of the Move Podcast. Till then, take care and God bless. <laughs>